Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. I give you, I give you me, Sal is presenting you with history. I don't know if there's ever been a Tuesday game in the NFL before. There probably has at some point, but it's probably not due to, you know, the Spanish flu back in the day. So we have a Tuesday night football game. And look, I could record this whole thing. We're working overtime on the overtime because normally we do the first looks on Tuesdays. We do the awesome show. We might do a Tuesday live stream tonight. So we got a lot going on right now. And they could just tell me right in like two hours, uh, somebody tested positive, the game's off. So I'm just trying to give as much as I can for you people out there right now, even knowing the risks of all of my hard work and labor of about two or three hours this morning and potentially even more time later in the day, putting all the projections up, getting them out so you have as informed information as you possibly can. And I can give that to you during the show. So for the overtime and the overtime, give me two seconds of your time right now. We're adding two pieces of content to a content log that is already two pieces of content per week. So it's hard to jam it in there, but like button for me. We got up at 4 a.m. this morning, Eastern time. Big old subscribe button pops up as we are now over 30,000 subscribers. Thanks to every single one of you out there. I appreciate you a ton. This video is going to be sponsored by Superdraft, where a lot of people on the live stream last night, if you're not familiar, the showdown slates, I'm going to plan to do one tonight, maybe a little bit of an abbreviated one, 6.30 p.m. East Coast time. A lot of people on the live stream ended up getting into that one and they ended up having a good time. I saw people jumping in. I saw people specifically having certain captains that had a very good game. Mike Williams being one of those captains that was our one of our two highest projected. The other one being Keenan Allen. We said to pivot off of him to go to Mike Williams to try and win all the monies. And unfortunately, Keenan Allen got hurt. But Mike Williams, yeah, he ended up having two touchdowns over 100 yards. And you probably would have won all the monies based on his multiplier on Superdraft. Superdraft is a multiplier format. Promo code SAL, S-A-L, will get you a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 Ruskies. It is free money up to $1,000. You want to put 25 bucks in, 50% deposit match, all that type of stuff. Go check it out. Promo code Sal, S-A-L. I have projections down below. And during the show, we will touch on some of my highest projected Superdraft plays, and we will get more in depth later on in the live stream tonight at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. So you go over to Superdraft, you hit the deposit button, and you put the promo code Sal, very simple, S-A-L, lets you know you came for me, and you get yourself some free monies, and you're playing in contests where people are not as sharp because they don't have the projections that has one player tonight, one player looking well, well, well better than anybody else. I have a player tonight projected on Superdraft for eight more fantasy points than anybody else in the slate. So be sure to get in there. Be sure to check out Superdraft. Link down below. And let's start this slate off right now. So start Starting this bad boy off, this is what we do here on these showdown slates. We're going to go down through every single player that you see on the screen. I have notes on there. You feel free to use those. I have projections rankings with these notes over on Patreon, a bunch of other content as well. If you're not being informed, if you don't have good projections, good rankings, and a good strategy, you're just going to be dead money in these contests. So if you do want to get informed more, you can take advantage of the tools that I have linked down below to my Patreon account. So we're going to go through them and say, yes, I have interest early on, maybe or no, based on my projections. I'll run my crunches later on today. We're going to be playing this slate, definitely, especially because we had a very good Monday night slate with a good amount of Mike Williams captains, a good amount of Justin Herbert captains. We had some Keenan Allen, but not enough that it ruined the slate. And we did fully fade Alvin Kamara in 20 max. We ended up getting about 30% of Kamara in the 150. So that didn't work out too great. But in 20 max, we had a very good day that ended up being a big profit. Josh Allen comes into this one, the most expensive player. And I'm going to have interest in Josh Allen right now. Josh Allen for me is going to be a yes. Look, Tennessee ranks only 22nd in pressure and they are right around top 10 in coverage. But I think that's a little bit of a faulty number. Keep in mind that Tennessee has played one less game than pretty much everybody else right now. Buffalo's protection has not been great. It's 27th overall for Josh Allen as behind there as a quarterback out of anybody in the NFL. He's sees 37 attempts per game, 332 yards per game, very inflated from his first couple of games of the season. But that's still number two. He's averaging eight and a half red zone attempts per game is number one. 4.2 deep attempts per game is top 10 in the NFL. Nine yards per attempt through four weeks, right? We're going to count the four weeks since week five is not officially over till this game ends and hopefully it goes. But that's number two in the NFL. You're getting a lot of accuracy. Josh Allen can't throw the deep ball. He's number five in deep ball passing. And then he's also number seven overall in true completion percentage. And also, if you're watching right now, shout out to all of you. You're probably going to be on the next vlog episode if you haven't checked out the first one. How y'all doing out? 
out there. How's everybody doing? I'm going to roll this one over here to get a different view on the vlog screen right here. So anyways, be sure to check that vlog out, the new vlog out, the next vlog. I don't know when it'll be out, maybe in the next couple of days. But Josh Allen is going to be a yes. Obviously, he's super expensive. He's $13,000. Normally, I try to fade these quarterbacks. I will know for sure once I run my crunches and have my finalized projections. My rough projections are up right now on my end. They'll be up on Patreon probably by the time this video is out. But I will have my finalized overall. We'll talk about on the live stream exposures from where I'm going. You can ask me any questions that you want. Tune in. Be sure to hit the subscribe and notification bell so you can get that. Josh Allen at $13,000 is expensive. I probably would prioritize one of these guys that are cheaper that have a lot of upside. And those are the players that are coming up. Derrick Henry at $11,000. Look, Buffalo ranks 29th in run defense, 15th in run blocking. This is going to be a good spot for somebody who has a 90% opportunity share. Number one in the NFL. Sure. The rookie running back was out for the first couple of games and Darrington Evans behind him, but it still doesn't matter. Uh, Evans came back and only saw 9% of the opportunity share in week three. Henry sees 90%. Again, number one in the NFL opportunity share. 27.3 attempts per game and 2.7 targets per game right now. This man is literally averaging so far this season, 30 opportunities per game through three games. It's crazy. He's number two in the NFL in one less game in red zone touches with 21. And he's running 18.7 routes per game, just 1.7 targets per game. But maybe they use him a little bit more with the fact that if you have not already heard, Adam Humphreys and Corey Davis are going to be, and also Michael Pruitt, so some depth at tight end as well, are going to be on the C19 list for this game. So Derrick Henry is going to be a yes for me. It's also worth pointing out that he has a very good matchup. Again, Buffalo on the interior, 29 through four games in the run defense. That many touches at $11,000 is definitely going to be in play. Again, right now I do have Josh Allen projected for the most points on the slate. Sneak peek behind the projections and rankings linked down below. I haven't projected for almost four more points than anybody else on the slate. So he is indeed a very good play, especially if you're trying to get cash games. I don't recommend cash games on these types of slates, but he is going to be a good play for you. I'm going to have a good amount of Josh Allen, I suppose so. But Derrick Henry looks like a very nice option if you're trying to build one lineup. And so does Steph Diggs. Diggs is not going to have a one-on-one -on -one matchup. Sal, who's going to, he's going to face? He's going to see some Malcolm Butler. He's going to see some Jonathan Joseph. He plays 30% or 35% right around there in every single wide receiver position, both the left and the right outside and in the slot. He plays exactly 34% in the slot so far this year. Seeing a 24.3% target share on 8.8 targets per game, he runs a route on 99.5% of Josh Allen's dropbacks. He just looks really good so far this year. The passing game for Buffalo ranks third overall in the NFL. You're getting a very nice spot here for Diggs, who's top six in overall red zone usage, number one in yards and number one in completed air yards so far this season. Diggs is going to be a yes for me, and he falls into the category of Derrick Henry that you're getting almost a $2,500 discount off of Josh Allen to go to Diggs. Wide receivers usually have the highest variance, so I think Diggs will also be a popular and profitable captain more times than not on these types of slates. Next up is Ryan Tannehill, and he's the first player that I kind of go, eh, you know what? I don't know. $9,800. I know Josh Allen's a lot more expensive, but Diggs is right there. Henry's not that much more. You have some guys a thousand, two thousand dollars less that look a little bit more appealing. I do have Ryan Tannehill projected for a decent amount of points, but Buffalo is number five in pass rush, number 13th in coverage. Now, Tredavious White, one of the best cornerbacks in the league who just got paid, is as of right now leaning towards not playing in this game. Now, Tennessee ranks 21st in pass protection, and Tannehill is attempting 35 attempts per game. This is crazy, though. Through three games, he's attempting 35 attempts per game. So that's about 105 right around there exactly attempts on the season. Only three of those are deep attempts of 20 plus yards. That's not great. Now, he hasn't been with AJ Brown since week one, so that could be part of it. Now, he's not going to have Corey Davis and Humphreys today, so no Davis. Now, it might make that number still stay down, but that's not great if you're not getting a lot of big play upside out of Tannehill, who's not playing as efficient as last year. Now, 7.8 yards per attempt is still fine, but it's nowhere near as efficient as it was last year for him when he was like leading the league in that category. So, Tannehill is going to be a maybe for me. He still projects out as like one of the top five scorers on the slate for me in a pure projection standpoint. But when you factor in the overall price point for that, it's not going to make it look as good as some of these other options on here. Now, AJ Brown has not played since week one. He's trending towards playing. And if he doesn't play, they're not going to have their top three wide receivers. But he's been out right now since week one. Tredavious White, again, trending towards not playing. If AJ Brown is in with no other players trying to take some target share, that's going to be very good for him. Davis and Humphreys again are on the C19 list. In week one, Brown played 82% of the snaps, saw a 20% target share and eight targets. You can pretty firmly project AJ Brown for like eight targets in this game, especially 
since they're going to be underdogs by about three and a half points. So playing from behind a couple more pass attempts, maybe Tannehill does hit that 35 number that would really help Brown. And then Brown is potentially going to be in line for 10 targets or a 30% target share with all the players that are out. So AJ Brown is going to be a yes for me. Now, this is going to be interesting right here because we get the Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary has been good and used, but it looks like Zach Moss, who practiced in full on Saturday, is going to return for this one. In a weeks one and weeks two, with Zach Moss back there, Devin Singletary only outtouched Zach Moss 19 to 17 on the ground. Now, he did outtouch him a lot in the air. Singletary saw 10 targets in two games to just Zach Moss's four on about nine more routes run. But is it enough to justify a $5,400 price difference if I told you that, you know what, Singletary might see like five more opportunities than Zach Moss tonight? I don't know about that too much, right? Especially if Zach Moss was seeing a lot of the red zone usage before he got hurt. Now, maybe Moss doesn't play, right? So track this, or maybe Moss isn't going to be as involved because Singletary cemented his role a little bit more. That's definitely possible as Moss is a rookie and Singletary is still the second year veteran. $8,000 is a lot for me to try and overcome right now. And at this price point so far, out of all the players that we've talked about, he is the worst value for me in Devin Singletary. So he's going to be a no right now. This can change to the point where I put him to a maybe, especially depending on the Zach Moss news. I do think Singletary still will outtouch Moss, but if he outtouches him tonight, let's just say 13 to seven or 13 to eight, is that really worth the price difference of 5,400? It doesn't mean you have to play Zach Moss. It just means that you're aware that there's not as much value on the bone anymore if Moss is in there with Singletary playing, especially at this $8,000 price tag. Next up is a tight end, John Smith, who might actually slot in as the wide receiver two tonight. He's kind of already like the second option on this team in the passing game, but he might have to be even more now with all the other weapons out from this team. PFF has this as a top 10 matchup in week five, plus 20% versus Buffalo, specifically against Matt Milano, but also some of the other linebackers and coverage safeties as well. 83% of the snaps this year on a 20.5% target. He's seeing 6.7 targets per game. Very good for Janu. He is number four overall in the NFL for tight ends with 13.9 yards per target. Janu Smith is somebody I have interest in. I'm not yet going to make him a yes on the slate, but he's close. The price point is justifiable. If he was like 6,500, he would be a yes. But the fact that he's just right now in this range of $7,200, it's a little bit expensive. It is, again, justifiable if you get those six, seven, eight targets from him. But I'm going to keep him as a maybe. That, again, can change. He does have the red zone upside. He does have the downfield target upside as well. And now he has the upside of seeing maybe an increased target share. He's going to be a maybe for me as of now. Cole Beasley did leave early in week four with a foot injury. He did log limited practices all week. So it does seem like he's going to play and continue to start. He'll have a fine matchup in the slot against Chris Jackson, who plays about 76% of the time in the slot right now for Tennessee. He's basically seen seven, six, and seven targets in his three healthy games, Cole Beasley. So if you can project him for around six, seven targets in this game at 6,800, it doesn't make him a standout play, but it makes him somebody that pushes towards double digit projections. And he's going to be in play for me because of that. John Brown, his teammate, I don't think should be $1,000 less than him. John Brown gets more targets downfield. He'll have matchups against Malcolm Butler and Joe. Jonathan Joseph on the outside. He plays about 52% of his snaps on the left side. That would then be the right side of the field if you're looking at it the same way from Malcolm Butler on the opposite side, meaning that they'll probably match up the most tonight. You're seeing about 16% of the target share, close to six opportunities per game for John Brown, but he's being targeted downfield compared to his teammate Cole Beasley in the slot, about 14 yards per target, only playing in the slot about 8% of the time, so mainly an outside receiver. Look, so far he's seen 14 catches, 192 yards, and two touchdowns. He did get banged up in one of the games. He is questionable for this one, but he's expected to play. John Brown for me is actually going to be a yes because of the price tag. I think based on my projections, he should be about a 65 to $6,800 wide receiver. I think him and Cole Beasley should be flipped in this one. You're getting opportunities downfield. You're going to get six targets per game and two or three of those is going to be a deep option. I think that's a lot of upside for a showdown slate, especially at his price point. The defenses will be in play for me. I usually get some low ownership of like five to 15%. Sometimes I just exclude them depending on the slate. Buffalo ranks 13th overall in total defense. They're basically top five in pressure and tackling. They're above average in coverage. It, that dropped to below average tonight if indeed Tredavious White is going to be out and they're pretty dreadful so far in run defense. So they'll be a maybe at $5,000. Probably won't get a ton of them because there's a lot of positional players tonight below their price point and below all the kickers price point and defenses price points that are in play for me. Khalif Raymond will technically operate as the wide receiver two tonight. And at $4,800, look, he's a fair price point. If he's going to get that volume of a wide receiver two, like Corey Davis's volume was, I don't know, six to seven targets per game, something like that. Again, Brown was out for a lot of those, but if he operates as a wide receiver two, he'll see Tyrone Jackson in the slot because Raymond has played 54% of his snaps out of the slot so 
so far, but there's not much to go off of here. In his three games so far this year, he's ran seven, 11, and eight routes so far, and has just three catches, all of which came in his last game on five targets. And this does look like a nice price and spot on paper at 4,800. He's being elevated from like the wide receiver four to the wide receiver two in the offense, but does that elevate him a ton? Does it make him run 20 to 25 routes, or does it make him go from running like eight routes to 12 to 15 routes? And at this price point, he really shouldn't have gone up all that much. So he's going to be a maybe for me. He can definitely, based on my projections, get into more of my lineups than I'm expecting. I currently, for a peek behind the curtain right now, I currently have him projected for about 10 fantasy points, which at this price tag is pretty good, right? So it's close to being a yes for me, but I am a little bit concerned about the role that he'll actually have because he is a slot receiver, not an outside receiver, and he's not that great of a player one. And he's also on an offense that is going to try and run the hell out of the football. Gabriel Davis played wide receiver three last week, had nice usage once indeed Cole Beasley left, uh, but he's going to be wide receiver four today. He's played 53% of the snaps and on those snaps, he's seen 53% as well in the slot. He's not really somebody that I'm looking all that much into. He's very close to a no for me because even when he gets that extended work, we hear his name because he's had some big plays and he's playing a lot of overall snaps, but he's only seen about five and a half percent of the target share so far. He's seen just two targets per game so far this year, but he is running 21 and a half routes per week. He's seen two deep options this year. He's caught all eight of his targets for over 120 yards and two touchdowns. So he does have a little bit of a splash play upside. So I'll keep him in there at $4,600, but just know that his overall volume has not been great. His usage though from snaps and routes has been pretty good for a wide receiver four. We then get to the kickers who normally, maybe I don't even get to them today, a high scoring game with this projected upwards of 52 fantasy points, 53 in a lot of spots. Kickers usually are going to be better in lower scoring games, believe it or not, because the more points in the game, the more that some of those value actually wide receivers score touchdowns, get a couple of receptions and just outscore the kickers. When the scores are about 13 to three, 13 to six, the kickers like seven or eight fantasy points are a lot more because there's not touchdowns in the game. Maybe there's not a lot of overall offense, so they can actually outscore some of the other positional players. They'll be in play for me. I usually set a rule for at most one kickers in these types of games, total situations. Dalton Knox will be a no for me. He's just been really bad so far, right? So what you've been seeing is just 14% of the snaps out of the slot, just 8% out wide. And he's only played about 50% of the snaps on the year. He's actually number two on his team right now in tight ends and overall snaps and usage. It's not that great. You're seeing just 8% target share and three targets per game so far for him. He ran 27 routes week one, but then since then it's just 11 and 12 the next two weeks. He's just overpriced in my opinion. And there's some actual decent options below that. Titans defense ranks 18th overall. I probably don't get much here at $3,000. I'll keep them in play though. Uh, they actually have uh, decent coverage so far this season, but everything else has not looked that great. And then we're about to get to some options below 3k that are in play. One of them being Zach Moss. Now he's not my favorite option down here. He logged a full practice on Saturday, something that he did not do the last couple of weeks when he would actually miss the games. He's played 43% of the snaps in two games and has seen a 41% opportunity share. I mean, he's seen 10 and a half opportunities per game, 8.5 carries and two overall targets. And he saw nine red zone opportunities in two games. He was basically the red zone running back. So that's the concern with Devin Singletary, who's found his way into the end zone a couple times since Zach Moss has been injured. If now Devin Singletary's red zone upside is just absolutely gone with Josh Allen still being a threat, but now Zach Moss and his passing game role maybe takes a little bit of a knock if Zach Moss goes in there for a couple more attempts. That does become a concern. If Zach Moss is going to be $2,600, look, if you can slate in just six to eight touches for a guy on a showdown slate below the $3,000 range, he's going to be in play for me. He's not an overwhelming yes because there's other options down here a lot cheaper, but he is going to be in play. Tyler Croft is close to a yes for me, but because of the other options that we have that are literally like $1,500 cheaper than him right now, especially at the exact same position, he's just going to be a no, but I do like him more than his teammate Dawson Knox right now. They signed Croft from the Bengals, hoping that he would be the player that he has been basically for the last two games. Now he missed the first two games, but he's played more snaps than Moss so far. He's been running a lot more routes, seeing more target share, four targets per game in his first two games back right now, eight overall in the season. He's running 15 routes per game and he does have five catches, 36 yards and two touchdowns. Now, even if you take away the two touchdowns, seeing two or three receptions per game on four targets through two games is really good at a $2,000 price tag. The reason I'm going to make him a no, now he has a red zone upside. So if you want to keep him in your player pool, you can. The reason I'll make him a no is because there's some guys down here that I just like a little bit more in terms of their price point 
for their value. Now we can quickly highlight over some of these other guys down here. I'll scroll through some of them. You can see that the backup running back Darrington Evans made his debut in the last game. Saw just 9% of the opportunities, three overall carries. I don't want to go there at $1,000 and Derrick Henry's your starter. Isaiah McKenzie and Andre Roberts are going to be like the wide receiver four and fives on this team. McKenzie has seen about five, five and a half percent of this target share so far, running about eight routes per week so far, but not getting an overall volume enough to at least go to him. He's the wide receiver five. The rising Gabriel Davis is a rookie to the wide receiver four on this team when everybody is healthy, has really limited Isaiah McKenzie, who will also be involved in like the end around game. And then Andre Roberts, who has basically played 10% of the snaps in three straight weeks, but he's seen just basically one target, I believe, on about four and a half routes run per game. Now, here are some guys that are interesting. Anthony Fersker. Anthony Fersker is somebody who does run routes. He does see a couple targets a game. He's seen three targets per game so far this season. He's got six balls for 50 yards so far this season. And now there's no Adam Humphreys. Now there's no Corey Davis. They might just lean on Anthony Fersker, especially in two tight end sets a little bit more. The fact that he's $200, I don't have him projected for 10 fantasy points, but I do have him projected close to five fantasy points. And at $200, if you're projected for close to five fantasy points with touchdown upside, with an increased role in your offense potentially coming, yeah, I'm gonna have interest there. Now I'm gonna make him a yes just because he's $200. Do not make that think that if you're playing one lineup, you should automatically put him in. Do not make that think if you're playing five lineups, you should automatically put him in. It means that based on the players around him, if you are digging in this below like $2,000 range, he is somebody that does stand out. And next up, his teammate in Nick Westbrook is another player that stands out to me. Again, another player that we don't really know what his role is gonna be. It could be that Chester Rogers, who they signed to the practice squad, former Colt a month ago. I believe he was on the Dolphins practice squad earlier this year. Chester Rogers, the veteran, can come out of nowhere and just play more snaps. Now, he's normally a slot receiver, so that would probably hurt Clay Freeman. But right now, Nick Westbrook did play 16.5% of the snaps in week three debut. He only ran six routes, but he did seize two targets, did not bring any of them in. The thinking on paper here is that without Adam Humphreys, without Corey Davis, he's actually going to take a little bit more of a step forward and see a little bit more snaps. So if he runs as the number two outside wide receiver at $200, maybe he ends up running in this game somewhere around 20 routes, 25 routes. And if that's the case, if he could just find his way into like even a 10% target share and see four or five targets for himself, or maybe a little bit higher than 10%, just see four or five targets for himself at $200. Yeah, you're just hoping that he brings in a couple of them. You're hoping that he has a decent day. The Tyler Johnson X play of last Thursday night football, where he had four catches for 61 yards, bringing a nice big catch, a couple of screen passes, and you're good for us at $200. Now I will say Tyler Johnson on Thursday night, the rookie is a better athlete and a better player in my opinion, than what you're going to get out of Nick Westbrook, who I'm just now hearing about. Nick Westbrook, I do actually have projected out four similar fantasy points as Anthony Fersker. So I'll put them both as yeses down here. Again, this does not mean they are better plays than the maybes that are a little bit above them on the sheet that we've talked about. It just means based on their price range, all these guys below a thousand, even all these guys really below $2,000 is not a lot of options. They would be the best ones that I would look at so far. The rest of the players in the slate, not interested in. I will point out though, we had a very similar situation happen last night. Benny Fowler was listed active. He only had two catches for 11 yards, but he was $200 and he scored over three fantasy points. Now that's not going to get it done for you more times than not, but if he brings in another catch or two, scores a touchdown, obviously he gets it done for you. Chester Rogers could be that play tonight. There's some injured wide receiver depth last night, Deontay Harris and Michael Thomas for the Saints, meaning that they had to make Benny Fowler active. There's some injured wide receiver depth are really unhealthy in terms of the C19 list for Tennessee tonight. Chester Rogers, a veteran wide receiver, profiles out. I think he's better than Benny Fowler, but a similar situation. The only issue is he's a slot receiver who would push Clay Freeman to the outside. But Rogers, if he is active, he's at least worth considering a little bit more because I could see him going out there and running 15 routes if he was indeed active tonight because he is a proven veteran who can actually probably learn a playbook really quickly and just vibe with a veteran quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. So that's the only other thing I'll mention. Again, he's not going to be in my interest pool right now, but I will keep an eye on his inactive status for this game. Another thing to point out about Anthony Fersker before we go is Michael Pruitt, the third string, another blocking tight end for Tennessee is also out. So it might just lead to more snaps and more routes overall for Fersker if he's on the field a little bit more because there is no Michael Pruitt and they like to use him in a lot of two tight end sets for the running game. But that's where we're at the Tuesday night football special. I appreciate it if you all could hit the like button for me and the big old subscribe button. Check out the vlog if you have not yet already. The first vlog is out. I'm going to try and do them weekly. Maybe I don't know. I don't really have a, a rubric for that. Sometimes when I do some nice things, if I go on some trips, if I go pumpkin picking like this weekend, we'll make a vlog. We'll make a vlog and we'll have actually some things to show you in there other than me just in this room. But I appreciate it. Like and subscribe before you go and check out Super Drive promo code Sal.
now. SAL will get you a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. Free money. Why are you not taking advantage of free money before these deposit bonuses go away? They can go away in a month from now and then you don't have any deposit bonus. You'll say, Sal, I wanted to sign up. Where's the deposit bonus? There is no more. These are just promos. I don't get to run them forever. It's what the company tells me to tell you. So go ahead and take advantage of them. Promo code Sal, SAL, 50% deposit match up to $1,000 on Superdraft down below, multiplier format where I do have projections. And if you made it this far in the video, my number one Superdraft play tonight is going to be Steph Diggs. His multiplier is just way too high. A 1.85x multiplier for Steph Diggs. He should arguably have a 1x multiplier tonight. I have him right now projected for about eight fantasy points more than anybody else on the slate. So go ahead, get Steph Diggs. He's the best player in Superdraft tonight. If you made it this far, there's your little reward for that. Like, subscribe before you go. Check me out on Twitter for the rest of my content schedule this week at Salvage DFS. I appreciate you all a ton and I will see you in the next one.